Hi, welcome back to Tell Me About Your Job, the show where we learn the ins and outs of different professions straight from the professionals themselves. If you've ever wondered what different jobs are actually like, then you're in great company. Whether you're looking for a career change or just figuring out a college major, then this is the show for you. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Josh Nasser. I'm joined today by Dr. Tamara Richards, who is an obstetrician gynecologist at Southlake OBGYN in Central Florida. Tamara, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. So tell me about your job. Well, as you said, I'm an obstetrician gynecologist, which means I take care of women basically from whenever early in life to pretty much death. I can take care of young girls for various problems, but I would say the majority of my job revolves around pregnant women and women after pregnancy. Okay, cool. So how long have you been doing this and how did you get started? That's a hard question because medical training and job and residency all kind of runs together. But Mm -hmm. I did finish residency in 2011. So I have been out in real practice, I guess, working a real job since 2011. Okay. How did you get started down this path? I guess going back to when I was really young, um, I got sick and I had to go to the hospital and was around a lot of doctors and I started getting interested in that. There's nobody in my family that is a medical background, so it was kind of a huge deviation from what we were used to. But... I started getting interested when I was little. I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician and quickly decided as I got older and actually into medical training that that was not what I wanted to do. (laughs) But I went to uh, college still thinking that's what I wanted to do. And then I got a job after or the end of college through the year after I finished college as a tech working in the ER and decided that I really did want to go to medical school. When I went to medical school, I actually went in thinking that I wanted to do surgery And during medical school, you do a variety of rotations through different kinds of fields. And when I got to the OBGYN portion, I decided that I really enjoyed that. And so that's what I decided that I wanted to go into. And then after medical school, I did four years of residency and now I'm here. Cool. So you kind of spoke to what the education looks like, right? A bachelor's, then medical school, and then residency, which is not technically school, but kind of part of that same process. So what does an average day look like for you as an OBGYN? That's a really difficult question because, well, this is my second job since I finished training. So my two jobs have looked completely different. My job now is probably what a basic private practice OBGYN looks like. I see patients in the office most every day of the week, a variety of pregnant patients, women who are coming in for annual exams, women who are coming in for a variety of GYN aka female problems, Um, and then there are certain days of the week that I have reserved for surgery when I operate, and then I take call on several days out of the month, and that time I'm actually seeing patients in the office, but I'm also responsible for any patients that we have that are in labor on the labor unit and then delivering those patients. It's a wide variety throughout the day. Yeah, for sure. And I think before this job, you were actually in a hospital? 
I was. So before I went into private practice, after I finished my residency training, I actually stayed on as a faculty, as assistant professor at the hospital where I trained. And so in that position, I was training residents as they were going through. And I also taught medical students. And then I also had a much smaller practice on the side. And so I would say that was a little bit more variety just because there was a big education component in that regard. And I was also taking care of a lot higher risk patients because we were at a large hospital system. Yeah, that makes sense. It sounds like in your position, you do a lot more than what any one person probably sees, right? Because you're seeing a lot of different patients in a lot of different contexts. Right which I think is really interesting as an outsider, right? Because you usually just see a doctor one way, but realizing that they have other stuff they're working on is kind of different to think about. Yeah. And I mean, my job is widely varied just because I take care of a wide range of problems. I do only take care of females, but I take care of a wide variety of female problems. So I know it's probably hard to narrow it down, but what's your favorite part of being an OBGYN? It's hard to narrow it down. I think probably my absolute favorite part is delivering babies. Well, I like doing surgery a whole lot, which I think when people discuss seeing their OB, they don't really think about the surgery aspect. But I do a lot of surgeries as far as uh, hysterectomies and PNCs and C-sections. That's a huge surgery that I do all the time. And so when I went through my training, I realized that I got to not only do surgery, but then I also got to deliver babies. And I think the delivering the babies was kind of the tipping point for me deciding to go into OBGYN instead of into general surgery. Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. Um, On the flip side of that, what is the hardest thing about your job? So my job can be really, really awesome about 98% of the time, but there's like the 2% of the time where I have to give bad news to patients. Either they're suffering a miscarriage or they have a baby with some kind of defect or a baby that's you know, further along than a miscarriage that's passed. And so I would say that's the absolute worst part of my job. Also, being on call isn't really that fun, but the worst part, I would say, is definitely giving the bad news to patients because unlike patients who are sick, this is something that's supposed to be a happy time, so it's completely changing their life. Also, because I deal with older women and women with other medical problems, I do end up diagnosing various cancers as well, so I would say that's probably hard to... So there's a few downsides to my job, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So obviously you receive a lot of extensive training in medical school and then throughout your residency. Is that kind of part of it, like being taught how to deliver bad news in a good-ish way? I would say we probably talked about it in medical school. Residency, for those of y'all who don't know, is basically training as a doctor. So medical school is two years of classwork and book work, and then you do two years, whereas a medical student, you're rotating four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks at a time through various fields like general surgery, OBGYN, pediatrics, all of that, and you're kind of shadowing but sort of seeing patients. When you then graduate, you move to residency where you're basically acting as a physician and then you have faculty oversight that are signing off on all your patients, seeing your patients with you, doing surgeries with you as you are learning. And that is field specific. So when I went into residency, it is specifically for OBGYN and that amount of time varies depending on what field you're going into. So I would say when you get to residency with faculty, I think that's probably the better place that you learn how to actually deliver the bad news. And mm-hmm. and I would say in my case, I would watch my older attendings, my upper level residents who had already been out a few years, and I would see 
really good examples of good ways and examples of bad ways to deliver bad news. And so I guess we did a little bit of role playing. I think that's probably something that they're starting to do more frequently throughout training, but I don't know if it ever gets really easy. Maybe you get better at doing it, but it's still never easy. Yeah, that makes sense. I can't even imagine. Yeah. What is something that surprised you about your job? Like once you got into it, it was different than how you really expected it to be. Maybe not a whole lot since, again, you have a lot of training. I think my first job, I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed the education aspect. So I kind of was talked into staying on as faculty and then found out that I really, really enjoyed the teaching aspect, watching residents you know, grow and learn throughout their years. And I really, really enjoyed that. I also liked the variety. I think I didn't realize when you're going through training quite the variety that you get to see because, I mean, you're kind of limited as your medical student and stuff. And so once you get into residency and you see the variety of patients that you get to see, I think that would probably be the most surprising thing. I think you're more surprised maybe when you start medical school and start doing your rotations than coming out of medical school and going into residency and then whatever kind of practice that you're going to do. Because I think starting medical school, you certainly have some idea of what you're getting into. But then once you start doing rotations as a medical student, it changes a whole lot. That makes sense. I feel like it's it's kind of an interesting profession because you get such an inside look before you actually get into working. Yes. So what qualities would you look for in a person to say that they were well suited to be a doctor and maybe more specifically an OBGYN? So I think you need to have good interpersonal skills for any kind of physician. Certainly there are some that you maybe don't interact with patients as much. So radiologists, pathologists who are the ones who like look at slides and tissue and stuff like that. They don't necessarily need to have good interpersonal skills with patients, but they certainly are interacting with other physicians. So it's a lot of good communication, also a lot of hard work and um, dedication. You don't necessarily have to be the smartest person to be a physician, but you have to have a good work ethic. So I I would say probably both of those. Um, And then those go over to being a good OBGYN as well. Okay, cool. I think something that a lot of people think of when they think of doctors, and you kind of touched on it briefly, is being on call or working really long hours. Can you speak to kind of the work-life balance? Okay, so this is something that has changed significantly, I would say, over the past almost 20 years. Wow, that makes me feel really old since I started (laughs) medical school. Um, Because I would say for OBGYN, we probably have one of the harder work-life balances just because we are on call often. Um, But this really is changing because of the way the job is changing. So the job has changed significantly over the last few years because I think more women are going into OBGYN and they perhaps value their work-life balance more and they aren't wanting to be on call quite as often. So instead of call every night or necessarily taking call for all of your patients or call for the entire hospital. A lot of larger hospital systems are hiring what we call OB hospitalists. So they are physicians that actually stay in the hospital overnight for either a 12-hour shift or 24-hour shift and work similarly to like an ER physician where they see all the OB patients that come in. They deliver any of the OB patients that come in that aren't necessarily 
part of somebody's practice or, you know, are traveling and they happen to go into labor somewhere else. They take care of anybody who comes into triage who thinks that they might be in labor. And so that's significantly helped the personal life of private physicians because now they aren't getting phone calls every hour all day long for random things that are coming into the hospital. In my current situation, we have four partners, and so we share a call, and we also, in our practice, share all of our obstetric patients. So if a patient comes to us and is seeing us for their pregnancy, any of us could deliver that person. And so when we're on call, we cover whoever comes in and delivers, but when we're not on call, we're not really responsible for any of those patients. And so that makes it a lot nicer too. And I would say that is really varied throughout all of the private practices in town and really around the country. I mean, if you're in a very small town, then you're probably on call every two to three nights and you're responsible for seeing all of those OB patients and it's a lot busier. So it kind of varies. And just the field is changing just because of the way the whole medical environment in general is changing. So you're getting less of the personal, I'm your physician and I'm going to see you for the next 40 or 50 years until you die. And every time you come in, you're going to see me. And I would say that's the case across most specialties. Okay, cool. Thanks for breaking that down. Yeah. Have you seen, especially in this time of COVID-19 and video calls becoming way more prevalent, has that affected your job at all? So I would say it's probably affected me less than most people. It's very difficult to do a GYN exam over video conferencing. Also, it's very difficult to see OB patients because part of the visit when we see pregnant patients is to listen to the baby's heartbeat, perhaps do ultrasounds, stuff like that. And, um, and also checking blood pressure, that's a big deal during pregnancy. And so none of that is really feasible when you're meeting over computer. So I would say we've done a few like follow-up visits and stuff, but for the majority of our patients, we're still seeing them face-to-face. And obviously we still have to deliver babies whether they have COVID or not. So mm-hmm. we're probably one of the few practices that has not changed significantly over this whole course. Okay. As a doctor, what does the future kind of look like for you? I think a lot of people see, you know, doctor as this um, mountaintop that you've ascended to and you can't go higher than that. But I'm sure there's future job prospects. What does that kind of look like? That's a good question. I think it kind of varies. In private practice, you kind of are just a physician and that's your job and that's kind of what you do. I guess you could work your way up with a lot of physicians as they get further along. They may want to not take calls, so they at least in OBGYN, they start seeing fewer pregnant patients and maybe doing GYN only and taking less call. I mean, that's not necessarily a status symbol, but that's something that changes as you get older. A lot of physicians also decide they want to go into more leadership roles. So they maybe take hospital administration positions or just leadership positions in the hospital. I think the better place you see this is in the academic side where I was because there are definite rungs of the ladder that you check off your assistant professor and then after so many years and so many publications you become associate professor and then you become professor and that usually has some tenure involved and then of course you can I mean there's various administration roles in medical schools and stuff like that so I feel like on that side there's definite ways to climb the ladder whereas A lot of people in private practice, it's just, this is what you do. 
Okay, that makes sense. So, you know, if you're working in private practice, you have to be a little bit more okay with being a doctor. But the payoff is that typically private practice physicians make a lot more money than academics. So you have to be okay with being a doctor, but you do make a little bit more money. Not that that's why we do it. (laughs) Speaking of making money, as you brought it up, I know a lot of people obviously know that doctors make good money. Can you kind of speak to what those realistic ranges can look like? So that's a huge range, I think. Our field is probably mid-range when you're looking at physician salaries. Unfortunately, family medicine, pediatrics, stuff like that are a lot on the more lower range um, because we do surgeries and we are somewhat of a surgical specialty. We make higher salaries also depend on area of the country. So that really changes things too. But I would say starting out probably 175 to 275. And then that is kind of negotiable and that kind of depends on productivity. So, you know, I have certainly seen physicians making a whole lot more money, but they're working a whole lot more because obviously the more patients that you see, the more money that you make. Unfortunately, a lot of that depends on reimbursement and how much the insurance companies actually want to pay you. If you own your practice, as opposed to if you're employed by the hospital, there's a lot of factors that go into how much you make. It's a pretty broad range. I would say if you want to get really specific, probably 200 to 250 would be what I would expect a resident finishing residency coming out to make. Okay, cool. Thanks for breaking that down. If you were to talk to a high schooler or a college student who thought they wanted to pursue medicine, what would you kind of tell them as maybe some things to think about or some first steps to take? Okay, so I feel like this is probably where everybody says, my job is the most awesome and you should definitely do this. I would say you would have to really think long and hard this day and age before going to medical school. The whole face of medicine is really changing. So we talked about how much we were you know, expected to make, 200000 but we didn't talk about the amount that you have to pay off. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is a huge, huge factor. So I would say for, especially for high school students who are thinking that they may want to go into medical school or, you know, become a physician, I would look into going to a school, at least for undergrad, where you can afford and potentially have scholarship, which is really hard to do at this point in time. I know scholarships are few and far between, but you're looking at four years of undergrad and then four years of medical school and the amount of debt is overwhelming. During undergrad and medical school, typically you're not getting paid. And then during the residency, you get paid, but it's very minimal. Like probably based on the number of hours you're working, it's about minimum wage. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really bad. So um, you're really not able to pay back those loans. So they're just kind of sitting there and accruing interest. So I certainly have had friends getting out of residency with three hundred dollars to $400,000 of debt. So when you talk about making two hundred to $250,000 a year, that sounds really awesome until you have that much debt that you're now responsible for paying off. So I feel like you can get a really good college education, you know, staying at your state school or potentially going to community college and then going on to state school. Getting into medical school is a lot about grades, not necessarily a school name. It's a lot about taking the MCAT, which is the entrance exam for medical school. It's a lot about your experience. And so that's something I would definitely advise people on. 
there's been a lot of changes to the medical field. So I would say oh, there's a lot of good opportunities to get into medical or medicine type things without necessarily becoming a physician. You know, physician assistant, nurse practitioners, all of those are becoming a lot more prevalent. And so that unfortunately is taking away a lot of the job positions for physicians. So, you know, you've got to look at Am I going to have a job when I get out? Am I going to have a job that's going to make enough money to pay back all of my loans? And unfortunately, it's one of those things where I feel like you have to be pretty decided going in because it's a lot of time and work and delayed gratification to get halfway through and then decide that this really isn't for you and a lot of debt. Um, <laughs> So I think the best thing would be to shadow some people, you know, do a lot of research, but talking to people who are physicians, especially if there's a specific area of interest that you have, trying to see if you can go, you know, there's all kinds of programs for high school students and certainly college students. I mean, the thing that made me decide I really wanted to be a physician was, again, working as a tech in the ER, and that was kind of the deciding factor. So I say all that, I absolutely love my job. I'm not sure at this point if I was coming out, if I would do it. But at the point where I was making all those decisions, those were the right decisions. And I really, really love my job now. But I would say it's during certain periods, especially with like the COVID-19 and stuff that there's a lot of burnout and stuff among physicians. And so it's a lot harder than just going to medical school and being a doctor. And I would say definitely in my field, there's a lot of changes. So I really like surgery because I really like to fix things. But general surgeons, like you go, you have your appendix burst, they take out your appendix and then they fix you and you're better. You don't have to take care of some long-term disease. I realized very quickly that I don't really like taking care of sick people when they have problems that I can't fix. So you kind of, when you're looking at medical school, kind of deciding whether you like one way or the, you know, you're either surgery and you like surgical stuff or you like the medicine and you like to, you know, take care of people and help them with their diabetes and their high blood pressure that's never going to go away, but you like to help optimize them and get them to their best health. I'm a big fixer. And so that's why I really like surgery, but I like the OB part because I do get to make relationships with my patients. You know, I have multiple patients where I've delivered several of their babies. And so I do have that continuity, but I'm not taking care of really bad problems. I mean, pregnancy isn't a medical problem. And so that's really why I enjoy that. But there's definitely been talk because the OB side of it is so significantly different than the surgery side or the GYN side of it. There's been a shift over the past several years to kind of break those two in half. And so, you know, some people only do OB and some people just specialize in the GYN. And so there's just a lot of stuff that you have to look at. I guess I would say definitely in my field. That's why I think shadowing or talking to people who are physicians now, you know, whether you're in high school or college would be a really beneficial thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for all that advice. I think it kind of goes back to a lot of what we hear on the show often is, you know, the more information you can get about what the job actually is that you're looking at or, you know, seeing it in person, getting hands on with it, obviously not this job, the more equipped you are to actually make that decision and to move forward with it. Yeah. And there's a lot of avenues to getting to where I am. You know, some people decide later in life and they can certainly go back and do medical school and stuff. And, you know, as you get older, um, it's just a big commitment. And I've certainly seen some people get, oh, we had somebody when I was training residents get partway through residency and decide that's not what she wanted to do. And that 
that was great. And I'm glad she made that decision then as opposed to waiting another three years. But like, that's a lot of your life that you put on hold. Being a physician is a lot about delayed gratification, for sure. Because again, out of college, there was really no job. I guess I could have been a biology teacher or something, but I really did not have any kind of job prospects out of college. So it's another four years. And then really, once you finish medical school, you have the MD or the medical degree, but you can't really practice as a physician. So you're still stuck until you finish residency. And so it's just a very, a very long delayed process before you start seeing any kind of reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's something that doesn't get talked about often enough when hearing about doctor salaries. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and, and I think that's part of the issue too for well, this would be more for people in medical school and residency, you have delayed that gratification so much that you get your first paycheck and you're like, oh, I'm going out to buy a new car. Meanwhile, you have all of this debt. I was very grateful that I ended undergrad without having any loans because I had a scholarship. Again, I don't know that a lot of schools are doing that these days. I'm not really onto the whole the undergrad stuff, but I don't think there's a lot of scholarship money available anymore. And so I only had the four years of medical school that I had to pay back, but that was still a very, I mean, it was basically like having another house payment. Yeah. Well, Tamara, we're about done here. Is there anything else you'd like to close out by saying? I really love my job, even though that sounded really negative about it. (laughs) I really do. I think, you know, I get to see a miracle every time I deliver a baby. I think it's one of the most rewarding things. I can't think of doing anything else at this moment. Maybe, you know, another year from now, I'll come up with something else that I want to do. But at this moment in time, I can't think of anything else that I would rather do. Being a physician, any kind of physician or being an OBGYN, especially people are putting their life and their most precious moments, specifically during pregnancy and delivery and everything in your hands, which is a huge responsibility, which that also plays into the amount of stress and stuff that we are under, but it's a huge privilege. So I would encourage anybody who's really interested in that to definitely follow somebody around and try to see what they do. Go into it with your eyes wide open, though, knowing that it's going to be a tough road. But I think it's totally worth it. Mm, That's awesome. Tamara, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on all social media at Tell Me About Your Job. And to share today's episode and any other with your friends. Thanks so much. And as always, catch you guys later.